Hello, this is How to PhD season two, episode number five. This week, we are going to be talking about working with an intimidating supervisor, but also some techniques which will help you get your ideas across and really help influence other people. Hello again and welcome back to the show. It's wonderful to talk to you all again. My name is Aaron and I'm joined as ever by my co-host Julia. Hello. And this week, Julia, we are talking about working with an intimidating supervisor. Yes, and the idea for this episode really came from our PhD students that we've been supporting. Unfortunately, often we hear from students that they feel intimidated by their supervisors and sometimes even to the degree that they want to discontinue working with their supervisor or even quit their PhD, which is very sad. Um, So that's why we thought this is an important topic to cover. And what do we mean by intimidating um, supervisors? I think there are some (laughs) that just um, are intimidating just maybe because they're very well known in their field, so big name um, in your area or they're really experienced, but also their supervisors that can be intimidating really because of their attitude or their behavior. They might be really critical or you might feel that they're very critical and very brief with you, that they never have time, just cut all the meetings short. Um, um, Or maybe they interrupt you when you're speaking. They can make you feel small or act tough, not really listen to you or your suggestions. so I think these are the kind of things that we want to talk about today, right? Yeah, and I think generally we were both quite lucky. You know, we worked with supervisors who, you know, weren't so cutthroat or intimidating or all of the things that you described just there. And I think in some ways, though, I guess we were a little bit intimidated at the start. And that's just because we were new uh, and they were, you know, very well experienced. Uh, but it wasn't really because of their personality. But, you know, in this episode, what we've done is kind of look across our experiences, look across, you know, other people's experiences. And we're going to give you some practical things that you can do to help manage those big character supervisors uh, who can be very tough to work with. So our first tip is all about depersonalizing. So our first tip is all about depersonalization. And Julia, what do we mean by this? Yeah, first of all, I think it can be very difficult to depersonalize. Um, but I think what we mean by that, that is the um, behavior of your supervisor might have absolutely nothing to do with you or your work. It might just be, for example, that your supervisor has their own insecurities. Um, maybe, for example, it's the first time for a new supervisor to um, have a PhD student. And so they might come or might feel that they have to be super tough or <laughs> just um, because they've never done it before. Um, or it might be the way that they've been supervised, right? They always only got like um, a lot of criticism and um, their supervisor were tough on them. So they might just pass that on or they're under a lot of pressure um, to maybe publish the amount of papers that they have to publish in their department and that might rub off on um, how they supervise you. This is not an excuse, but um, just for you to get a different perspective, I think, on it, right? So to really, yeah, as we said, depersonalize, nothing to do with you personally, just um, something that is going on with your supervisor right now. Yeah, it's exactly that. And I think really the core of the tip is really to try not to take things said that that are so per, you know so personally and and really focus on you know the, the helpful content. support mm. and the content that your supervisor is giving you even if it could be phrased you know more nicely or more thoughtfully mm. um and i think look the, you know the key takeaway here is that a lot of supervisors don't praise something that's good they just mm. they just kind of point out the critical points so the good parts are just sort of what they expect it's expected yeah. um yeah. 
and they don't they don't take that extra time to praise that they just kind of point out what's bad so the key thing is also to keep in mind that that doesn't necessarily mean that what you've done is is bad right mm. it could just be this kind of attitude um you know of not pointing out good things just pointing out the mm. bad bits and so really you know take the good bits ignore the bad bits to to a reasonable degree right so really focus on kind of where they're giving you support and i think that's you know really important kind of mind mm. shift change there i think often why this is happening is also that that supervisors might forget how difficult it was for them when they um did for example research method for the first time or when they did their phd i think you just forget about how challenging it was and then they don't show maybe that because of that that much empathy um, so yeah, but anyway, we, we do want to say though, that if the tone of your supervisor or the attitude is really bothering you and, um, does not feel appropriate, then it's really important, um, to have a conversation around these feelings. So maybe you want to then address that and go to your supervisor and talk about what upset you, mm. how it made you feel, and then say what you would like to change in the future. So we gotta get us don't accept bullying of course that this is not acceptable um and, and you should really talk to someone maybe in hr or a responsible contact person if you really feel um that your supervisor is not treating you um with with respect yeah and i think to emphasize that's kind of like the you know i think in the vast majority of cases that won't be the case right mm. it's usually this kind of how they communicate mm. um but yeah don't be afraid to talk to your there will be a pgr representation uh, representative oh, yes. there will be someone who's responsible for your department who you can mm. go to as your as your first port of call um if if you do feel that things are just not quite fair maybe also to other talking to other phd students or other people working with that supervisor might just give you an idea of is this person always like that also with other people or is it just you to kind of um yeah kind of get an idea of how this person is is working and um, behaving with other people yeah exactly might normalize it but, or not normalize it but then you might know okay nothing to do with me they're always like that yeah it like, gives you a bit of context and again you know if you do feel the need to go to someone and escalate you know mm. that investigation a bit more into you know this relationship mm. then at least you have a little bit more understanding by talking to other people mm. you know is this how they are um and is there something you can do about it uh which is actually what we're going to get into now so now that we've talked a lot about sort of depersonalization we're actually going to suggest on some elements getting to know them a little bit better so that's what we're going to talk about next so let's talk about getting to know your supervisor a little bit better so julia um what what can we do to sort of help that process so i think this can be difficult um with very busy supervisors but um, it might be nice to find some um, time to talk about topics other than your PhD with your supervisor um, and to find out about your supervisor's interests or hobbies. So I think you, for example, sometimes talk to your line mentor about football yeah. or um, my um, line mentor is really into sports and runs marathon. So there's just something nice other than work to to talk about and maybe um it makes your supervisor more human and less scary as well if you know about their hobbies maybe you can find out from someone else or just by following their updates their social media um and you can also um kind of keep up to with their um, supervisor's work or papers so that you have something to talk about yeah exactly and you know as you said there you know you can if you by reading their papers and work you can sort of really in in a way you know show interest kind of keep up to date on what they've been doing in the department um and it's just connecting on that professional level as well mm -hmm. as well as that personal level 
creating that professional connection um, really important to fostering that relationship and we also have the supervisor manual for you online oh, yeah, which is right. kind of a guide um, where um, both sides so your supervisor and you can express like how you like to work together so for example um if uh, your supervisor prefers um, email contact rather than face-to-face -face meetings this might be why your supervisor appears to be like more grumpy in meetings because they don't like this mode of communication or maybe they are, um, prefer to have calls in the afternoon rather than the morning because they're not a morning person so again this can just help you um, to navigate um, working with your supervisor um, and work together more smoothly yeah exactly that so now that we've kind of talked a lot about sort of the kind of emotional side of things let's talk a little bit about kind of practical things that you can do to help get your ideas across to them uh, in a more efficient way so let's talk about communicating ideas now this applies to both sort of verbal and written communication right so it's important to build this as a habit and i think not just with supervisor relations but in life in general i think you can avoid a lot of miscommunication and misunderstanding if you can just get your ideas across in a concise but precise way and one of the best techniques um, to to do that is called state quote justify right so you essentially say what you want to do uh, you give some evidence to then back it up and then you go into detail around why you think that's the case so for example uh, you might be talking to your supervisor about a method that you want to adopt uh, for your particular study so you might say something like you know I suggest we adopt an interview approach for the study um, you know based on the fact that multiple studies recommend it for this type of question uh, this will let us explore the concepts in more detail and better answer the aim of the research which is to find out what people think about this new device right um so a few things to point out in that example that you know we wrote um that i admittedly didn't just think off the top of my head just now um so notice the use of suggest right at the, at the beginning right i suggest we adopt this interview so instead of saying uh you know i think we should do interviews for this it, saying i suggest we use interviews it's giving you a much stronger um, more confident appearance you're using much strong it's not demanding language but it's it's confident language right it's you showing yeah you know what you're talking about right you are confident in this idea um so very subtle thing you know and then you're giving your breakdown you're giving your evidence around why you think that's the case you've shown you're prepared you haven't just thrown out that idea and then just let them cook it and sort of deal with it you're giving them a very clear um, kind of precedent there and also then relating it back to the aim of the research which again you know is the most critical thing when you're when you're planning a study um, so you know really the key thing here is to know these things beforehand so research beforehand if you know that this question of what kind of method you're going to use or what analysis you're going to use is going to be a potentially contentious point then research it beforehand it creates a much stronger argument and you know don't be afraid to practice this with a friend or colleague before the meeting you know to really get to grips with that technique of, of speaking and, and using that kind of stronger uh, language and you can do the same thing with emails um, and the same idea as well you know keep the email short keep them well articulated supervisors are busy people mm. um you know so be efficient with the time where you've got their eyes on the screen be efficient with that and again 
use that kind of confident language. And I think if you're um, not a native speaker as well, um, really getting a second pair of eye, um, it's maybe a native speaker getting to read your email as well um, could be really helpful. So just ask for help. Um, there's yeah. no shame in that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, leading on other people, really important. And as I said, practice these techniques. And of course, this also applies to after you've had that communication. So, you know, when you've either after the meeting um, or, you know, whenever you've sent the email, you know, be sure to summarize, for example, what you've talked about succinctly in bullet points in an email. Again, use that state quote justify when you're summarizing, um, you know, make sure that any agreed actions, you know, anything that's come out of your meeting um, are listed there in mm. that email, in that summary email. And again, I just really, really emphasize the importance of being succinct, you know, and, and don't be afraid to use bullets keep those sentences tight and keep them short you know so that little example i gave that was only about four lines of text in an email maybe even mm -hmm. three lines right that's all but i got a lot of stuff across in that example so if you do the same sort of thing you'll find that you just reduce the risk of things getting miscommunicated which is which is i guess is you know the really key thing and you're showing mm -hmm. that confidence right yeah i think another important thing can be to get your second supervisor on board or let's say um, the first supervisor is the intimidating one, just assuming that. At a student um, where that was the case, and this, let's call him the intimidating supervisor, he was always kind of dictating what needs to be done. You should do like this kind of stop D and this one. And um, the supervisor not really listening to the ideas that the PhD student had. And um, so when I talked to that PhD student, he said, yeah, my second supervisor, he actually agrees with me. And I think um, what I suggest is a really good idea, but my intimidating supervisor is not on board with that. And I said, have you ever like really communicated that um, your second supervisor is supportive of your ideas to your intimidating supervisor? And he hadn't. Um, and so I said, like, why don't you set up a meeting with both of your supervisors? Mm -hmm. To just get a little bit support for yourself so that you don't have to fight and argue for yourself all the time get um, another person to help you convince your intimidating supervisor so he's knowing it's not just coming just from you um, but also from someone else um, or if if it's not possible to um, get a meeting um, with both of your supervisors together it might just not be practical at least copy the second supervisor um, into the email to the intimidating one um, and then you can say as i've discussed with my second supervisor and he's in support of my ideas could we discuss that i think just gives you um, a stronger position um so yeah get support and backup for your ideas yeah absolutely and i think you know just to emphasize as well you know it's important to speak up if you don't understand something mm. um if you don't agree with something uh, that your supervisor suggests you know the main thing is to you know at, at at the core is to show that you've at least considered their suggestions you know mm. again it's a little bit of that stroking the ego right show that you've considered it um and if you don't fully agree with it same thing as before as that state quote analyze technique state quote justify technique right it's about mm. giving good reasons confident reasons as to why you're challenging their suggestions um and of course you know ask questions as well you know after you've tried to get answers to it you know try and ask questions around it you know try and create a conversation and mm. and again i think this is where it's different to when you're at the bachelor's and master's level where it's kind of a little bit one way right it's the 
supervisor or the, the lecturer telling you to do a particular thing but mm. at the doctoral level it is a relationship and you want to be you know fostering that two-way communication so showing that you have the confidence using that kind of right language uh, really important in mm. in you know getting the right ideas across when there is potentially something that you disagree on um so hopefully that gives you some you know useful practical communicative tips uh, to kind of work with those kind of situations but there are a few things that you can do to go a little bit beyond and impress your supervisor and hopefully deal with that relationship in a slightly different way which is what we're going to talk about next So let's go and talk about some things that you can do to go sort of beyond and and really impress your supervisor. And one of those things, which I've learned actually quite recently, and I didn't do this in my doctorate, and I think I should have done more of, to be honest, um, but is to get in touch. So all universities will have a marketing team, right? Or a PR team. These are the guys who are doing the social media posts. They're doing um, all the kind of press releases to the media, which is something that you might not have ever considered. But actually, what I've learned is that it's really important. And actually, we're going to have an episode on exactly this kind of stuff in a couple of weeks. Um, But it's really important to actually get your research communicated to them. And this can be one of the most impressive things to a supervisor. Mm. Um, Because the fact is, these teams, they're always looking for new content, right? Um, They are in in many ways, you know, really desperate, you know, to know about the research that's being done. And the fact is, a lot of these media teams just have no idea what's happening in the research departments. And here's the here's the truth. You as a PhD student or candidate, um, you are doing interesting stuff as as mm. unfinished as it might seem, even just results from a literature review or things that you've read or, you know, your first study, even if it's not complete, is interesting. And so get in touch with them, you know, find out who those people are, say, hey, look, you know, I did this study, this is what we found, um, this is what's interesting about it, uh, do you think maybe there's some press release or, you know, social media posts we can do about it? And, you know, you do that, maybe it gets posted on, you know, their LinkedIn page or Twitter or X or, you know, whatever. Um, and then if you go tell that to your supervisor, hey, look, you know, I, by the way, here's a link to social media posts about my work that, that the media team, you know, were happy to promote, that's showing massive, you know, initiative. Mm, and mm. it's, in academia, it's becoming increasingly important to do more impact work, right? It's less, or it's, is of course important to get all the academic stuff like Q1 papers and, you know, all that kind of publication stuff. But at this, you know, on the secondary goal is increasingly important to show impact and to show engagement with the public and getting the work out there. And if you're doing something like that, like goodness me i mean that is insanely impressive and you'll definitely win huge points with your supervisor Mm. for taking the initiative or even if you don't do that yourself just suggesting that to your supervisor is is a big big thing Mm. yeah so always look out for new opportunities also grants conferences outreach presentations um it reminds me as well of your um, phd student that you were supervising who was taking part in the is that three minutes thesis challenge oh, yeah, yeah, and you were right. very impressed yeah, yeah. that and she just put herself forward with that yeah, yeah. and um yeah or poster was like one one of my students um, um signed up for a conference and then won an award and i was deeply impressed by that as well right it makes you um very proud of your your student um and yeah these are just great ways to impress yeah exactly that's exactly it and you know it's just taking that extra step you, mm. it's all these things Showing are developing yeah. yeah and again it's about 
it's not just a one-way relationship it's you also contributing and that's really really powerful stuff um so let's talk about our final point uh which is kind of the the last i guess piece in this relationship uh, with your supervisor uh, and that's around setting boundaries So our last point is around setting boundaries. And Julia, I think you have a good example of, you know, kind of what this means. Yeah, so one PhD student that I was working with, their supervisor was very famous and I feel very well known and um, asked this PhD student always to do some extra work um, and dump some non-PhD related work on the student. And I think this can be really problematic. You might have... Um, feel intimidated to say no to to that but I think it's really not okay um, of the supervisor to do that and I don't mean like if there's something for example that your supervisor asks you to help or asks you whether you would like to um, help out with with another study or something like that and you feel it's something that you're interested in and that you have time for that um, and that you will learn something um, by doing that by all means of course do it but we talk about work being dumped on you that is not really beneficial for you or just um, eating up time um, of your PhD work. So I think if it gets to that and also if it becomes a habit of the supervisor to do that, then it's really something that you need to talk about with your supervisors um, directly or if you are not comfortable with that, to maybe first contact someone in your department against student support, a PhD um um, how, how do you call that? Someone looking oh, after the, the PhD students. Yeah, the PGR representative. PGR, exactly. Yeah. Um, so to say what is going on and um, because that, that is not okay and not what is expected from you, right? Yeah. You are there to complete your PhD and everything else um, you do, that's your decision. You're free to say whether or you should feel free to say whether you're willing to give up that time for something else or not. Mm. Yeah, that's exactly it. And, you know, communicating that again, you can mm. use that state quote justify mm -hmm. technique that we talked about earlier you know you can also just ask them directly um hey supervisor you know um you know how do you think this would you know how does this relate to my phd work mm -hmm. or do you how do you suggest that this links into my current study you know you can just yeah. phrase it that way and then kind of get them yeah. to tell you how it could potentially link in. I mean, it can be a nice thing. For example, my supervisor asked me, do you want to get involved in that study? And um, you can be a co-author on the study. So that was something that was really beneficial for me. And I really appreciate it. It can be nice of your supervisor to get you um, involved in things. But we're talking about also kind of administrative work yeah. or um, I think the student also was asked to come for to help with IT work so the supervisor couldn't well, figure out okay. how certain programs <laughs> work again if you have a good relationship it might be you might be happy to help but if you feel you're not comfortable with that then you have to really let them know yeah exactly that exactly that and you know communicating that asking those questions maybe even you know by asking those questions they themselves will admit oh actually it's not that fully not related yeah. and yeah. You know, that might just sort out so the situation for you. So don't get exploited is what we're going to... Exactly. Yeah. So we've talked a lot about how to deal with intimidating supervisors, you know, going all the way from taking that first step to kind of depersonalize yourself from the situation, getting to know your supervisor a little bit better, you know, perhaps connecting with them professionally and on a kind of personal level. Um, really important around communicating ideas, keeping concise uh, but precise and using things like state quote justify, um, keeping emails tight and well articulated. Take those extra steps to go beyond and impress. Get in touch with the marketing team. 
get your work out there, you know, take those opportunities to look for grants, for conferences, for presentations, all these things, and always know to set those boundaries and to know exactly, you know, what you're worth and and to know when something is, you know, potentially uh, taking advantage of you. So hopefully all of these tips will give you a lot of confidence, really, because I think that's at the core. It's really about confidence. We'll give you that confidence to work with intimidating supervisors and you can better manage that relationship in the future. So thank you so much for listening to another episode of How to PhD. And Julia, before we end, you wanted to leave a final point for the for the listeners. Yeah, so just to say that while you move through your career and possibly your academic career, I try to do better and not intimidate your students on purpose. I really hope I'm not doing that. Um, but yeah, I think it's just to keep in mind that um, we easily forget how difficult it was for us um, to do the PhD and to do things for the first time. So I hope, um, yeah, you will be kind to your students. Yeah, exactly that. And, you know, maybe uh, in something like five, ten years time when you're all in those positions that we won't even need an episode uh, like this. So uh, that's the hope, right? Um, so. Thank you again so much for listening to How to PhD. As always, if you know of someone who could benefit from this episode, then please do share this with them. If you enjoy listening to the podcast, then please do leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or over on Spotify. Really, reviews help us so much. So spending just those couple minutes to go leave us a review would be so, so helpful. So please do that. Uh, You can also visit our website at howtophd.show and leave us a small donation through Buy Me a Coffee. Uh, Do get in touch. We love hearing from you. Contact at howtophd.show at howtophdshow on X and Instagram. uh, And of course, one-to-one at howtophd.show for the one-to-one service. So hopefully this has given you all the techniques you need to really work with an intimidating supervisor, but also, you know, go out and win influence with people and get your ideas across in clear ways, which is going to help people bring you onto your side. Uh, So use those techniques, all the best with them, uh, and we will see you all next week.